Uh, Thomas Mumford, the Vice President of Exploration for Scotty Resources. We're a junior mining gold explorer based up in BC's uh, Golden Triangle. Tom, uh, we meet again. Uh, it's been three yes. months since we did the last interview, and uh, it's getting on for two months since I saw you at uh, PDAC. I I came down the um, the core shack, and uh, there was Scotty Resources. There were you with your... Uh, call we everybody had a hand lens as it was a it was a, a rather <laughs> nice geological moment um how how was th- that experience in the core shack for you yeah it's great to be invited to the pdac core shack you know it's uh we also attended the roundup one in, in vancouver earlier in the year and but pdac it was a smaller core shack and so a lot of a lot of focus you know we get a lot of geologists through a lot of um a lot of the mid-tiers came to see us this year which was nice to see um you know was it wasn't it wasn't as retail or you know geology focused it was a lot of mid-tier companies kind of looking around seeing what companies had what what was out there on the market what was the message they gave to you that things are still still interesting for them they are hunting around that's the general general message there is that they are they are interested and they love the grades and the widths of the the target that we're exploring at blueberry and did they give an indication of what you need to do did they say oh drill this for another couple of years, get to um, a million ounces, or did they give you an explicit target? They'd say, we're not interested unless it's at least two million ounces. Um, you know, yeah, what, what, no. what, what, what are they looking for? I mean, most of the questions were just around, what are you doing this summer? Like, what is your plan and where are you going? When do you expect to put out a resource? Kind of the, the general questions. And basically all of them are on side with what we're what we're doing. Like the, it's the, the pathway to success. They understand why we wouldn't drill off a resource with our current market cap and capitalization to to afford to drill off what we've discovered already when the boundaries of what we have are keep pushing out. Like we want to see how large this is before we bother drilling it off. Um, you know, last year was a really successful year for us and we'd really changed the goalposts in the company and we have another season lining up this year to to move them once more with the with the program we're envisaging. Oh, we'll come back to that, but I'm just going to ask about your immediate neighbors, uh, Newcrest, because they've got the the tenements which kind of wrap around to the south and to the east. Did they drop yeah. by? Did you? Um, what 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 were their comments? Did they talk about what they're doing? I mean, I I mean, I did talk to Newcrest. There, they're largely focused on just exploration around the mine. Like they bought that that Bruce Jack asset with I think it had an eight or nine year mine life left on it when they purchased it. And they want to push that out to 20 or 30 years. They want to have that as a long-lived um, asset for them. And so that is where they're focused. They've really pulled back on their regional exploration um, and they're just focusing on mine, at least the last two years. And they haven't given any indication that they are doing work kind of where we've illustrated where the blueberry contact extends onto the property, but I'm not sure they would either. Going back to your earlier comments, you say you, say you changed the goalposts in 2022. Um, is, is this fundamentally... Um, expanding the the blueberry contact zone out to, I mean, I think in your presentation now you talk about um, one and a half kilometers, fifteen fifty meters. Yeah. Um. Did you, did you take that from eight hundred to or a kilometer to fifteen hundred, and 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 push it down to four hundred ish meters? Is that the kind of the deepest you've gone? Yeah. So in, at, when we finished twenty twenty one, we had shown them the the boundaries of what we had identified with drilling was it was about seven hundred and twenty meters long. And it went down to about 225 meters depth from surface. And then last year, uh, we drilled just over 17,000 meters in total on the project. Um, and so we extended the, the strike length now to 1,550 meters. And the grades and the width are holding over the entire length of that structure. And then we pushed it down to 400 meters. So we doubled the strike length and we increased the depth by, I think, 75%. We also identified an additional 600 meters of strike length potential 
um, further to the south until we hit that Newcrest property boundary that we'll test this year. So that would take it over two kilometers in strike length if that's successful in drilling. And that 600 meters, um, remind me, you've got the, the lake bed, yep. which you've, you've, you've clipped. And is it the 600 meters to the south of the lake bed or does it? Yeah, yeah it's the 600 meters to the south. So a lot, lot of it is under like that historic lake bed sediments. So the lake used to be filled with water in the 80s, but it's drained because that glacier retreated. Now the lake bed is dry and you can actually, there's a road that goes on the bottom of it. So it'll be pretty easy to explore and get the drill down there to test it. Uh, but it, it's never seen any drilling. It's just seen some light surficial sampling in the area. And you've got the same geophysical response and you've got some other vectors, some other indicators that this is a, a continuation. We've got the geological, like we've identified exactly where the contact goes on the road to the north. And then we did a, uh, a geophysical grid over the contact zone on the lake bed. And then we sampled it where we could. We've got some sniffs of, of mineralization, which is kind of the same signature that we've had along the entire blueberry structure. So pretty pretty confident we're going to hit the target. What we want, I say we because I'm, I'm, I've, I've bought some shares since nice. I last saw you. So, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, the, you also, the, um, you were talking about at the southern end of the zone that you drilled, kind of the 1500 meters, you would, you'd, you'd stepped off to the west a bit as yes. well, out just outside of the main contact zone. And, um, tell me a bit more, remind me about the parallel zones and wh what you interpret that to be. Is it an area of structural complexity or is does it has, does this infer prospectivity up the entire zone? I mean, the blueberry zone itself was discovered because we were looking at something we call the blueberry vein, which was known since the 80s. And it's a northeast striking uh, cross structure. It's sulfidized, uh, pure tight pyrite. When we were exploring around that vein is when we discovered the blueberry contact zone. The C zone, which is the area that you're describing, is a similar pair, similar cross structure, same orientation, just further south. And it's been known against once again since the 80s. So we drilled along that, which extends mineralization from the contact zone out, I think, 400, 450 meters from that contact. And then we also identified another zone just to the north of that, the D zone. And the D zone had some really good grades for us, but the orientation of it is, is different than we're used to in the area. It's more, more or less... From the two drill holes that we intersected, it looks more north-south than east-west, like the other the other cross structure. So that's a very interesting target zone for us, just given the grades and the widths that we were hitting up there, and that it's mineralization away from just that contact zone. the The other interesting thing is when the Scotty Gold Mine operated in the 1980s, it was an underground mine, but they also built all the infrastructure with avalanche risk mitigation in mind. So they actually put a 2.1 kilometer tunnel all the way from basically the entrance where the southern end of the blueberry zone through to the Scotty Gold Mine. And that tunnel goes right underneath C and D zone. Um, so it's an interesting access point for that. So at some point, if, if, if we're just as successful on those targets, an underground uh, program may be the, the best way to go about drilling that. And is it possible to access that tunnel? Yep. It's not flooded and it's safe? It's not flooded. It's safe. Um, yeah, it, before Scotty came into it, the tunnels were all wide open and tourists used to walk through, but we've come in and obviously boarded them all up. But they just kind of give you an idea of like the natural ventilation through there and the rock quality and character. And um, But it is totally secure now. Remind me of the, the intersections you made on the, on, the, on the D zone. And did you manage to get orthogonal to the north-south orientation? Um, I'll, let me just quickly pull it up. I don't know the numbers offhand, but... And we're not sure if we're totally orthogonal. So... You know, it's a very dense, bushy, sloped hill, so we're not exactly sure the orientation of it. We think we hit it fairly orthogonal to it, uh, but 
that remains to be seen with this year's drilling. So we'll, we'll step back and put another helipad up there and drill it off again. It is one of those areas that we do have to use a helicopter to drill. Like most, almost all of Blueberry is all just skid-based rig um, drilling. So it's quite, quite a, quite a bit cheaper. Um, but to step up the slope there, uh, up to the CD area, then we, we do need a helicopter. So the D zone ran 31 grams, 31.8 grams of gold over four meters. And there was another, the other intercept was 6.8 grams over 6.8 meters. So really nice intercepts. Wow. Well, and yeah, you'll take that as an, an exploration, uh, drill hole. Certainly. Yeah. The, you also discovered the, the, um, the stockwork area to the northeast, so the the blueberry zone, the northern end of the the, the blueberry contact zone, one and a half kilometers. You run into a fault, and then you it's displaced off to the east. Yeah, um, I did notice in your work. Uh, I noticed a a um, orientation mistake in your oh no uh, in one of your news releases. Yeah, you said that the stockwork area is one point three kilometers northwest of the um, oh northeast of the blueberry contact zone, and it's to the northeast <laughs> tonight. I thought, oh my God, he's found anything over the Northwest. And I had a look at the map and I thought, oops. Yeah. But, um, there we go. So the, the so that contact, that stockwork area, do, can you just um, r- remind us what you've um, seen there? So at the northern end of the Blueberry Zone, there's a fault. Um, it wasn't until 2022 that we pinned down exactly where the fault is because it's under an area of cover. But it's a regional feature, like on a, on a large scale map, you can see exactly where the fault goes. Uh, in geophysics, it pops up very well in, in MAG. So we knew there was a fault. We didn't know exactly where it was to the north of Blueberry within, you know, 50 to 100 meters. We drilled across it this year and understood exactly where we hit it on that structure. It is post-mineralization, so it's not mineralized. There's no gold in it. Um, but we're also able to figure out the kinematics of it, and we know where it offsets the contact, the Blueberry contact between the siltstone and the andesite too. And it goes up to the northeast into what an area was referred to in the past as called the stockwork area. Um, there's a little bit of stockwork veining at surface. There's an intrusion in the area that kind of complicates the story. Um, but there's a really nice geochemical and IP signatures in the area to support some sort of mineralization. We also have the bend vein, which the bend vein is same, same orientation once again to that blueberry vein. So the blueberry, the C zone, and the bend vein are all in the same, this kind of northeast trending uh, system. Bend outcrops at surface, super high grade. We drilled a hole in 2019 and it ran four meters of 70 grams. Everybody's always been looking for the extension of the bend vein. So a long strike into the andesite. Um, that's all where all the drilling in the past was done. And we drilled it in 2020 as well, looking for that extension and thinking that was the justification for the soil anomaly in the area is that this bend vein existed underneath the uh, the, the soils and, and the vegetation that's there. With the new model of blueberry zone going to north-south structure, it kind of changed our perception of what was up there or the potential of what was up there. And so we drilled a few holes into that stockwork area uh, this past year, uh, following up on two holes that we had drilled the previous year. Now, in the previous year, we had drilled these holes. They were interesting in that they had anomalous gold over the entire length of the hole, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't economic. There was no copper in it. It was just like point. 1.3 to 0.17 gold over the whole length, but it was, you know, it was fairly consistent over the entire whole length. But we were having such success at Blueberry that we didn't think too much of it until we drove, followed, up, followed up this year and drilled a few more holes in the stock work. Um, and that's what we just released here, I guess, uh, last week. Um, and in that we hit 
an even longer intercept of a little bit higher gold. So it was 0.35 grams per ton over the whole length of 245 meters. But in that, there was a, there was a nice high grade zone as well. So it's five and a half grams, almost over four and a half meters, um, which has kind of changed our perception of what's going on there. It's a really nice geochemical signature in that the gold values are very pronounced and they are immediately truncated by the fault to the south. Like it is, it is a real anomaly. Like a lot of times you can see things like this in the area and wonder if they're from glacial dispersion uh, downslope. But this is obviously an indication of the rock beneath the soil because of that clear demarcation across the fault. So does that mean... You've 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 um, raised six and a half million dollars. Um, you've got a plan to drill twenty thousand meters. It's in that news release. Um, yep. You talk about continuing to expand to the south, but you're obviously going to put some drill holes into the D zone off to the west up the hill a bit, and you're going to yep. put some holes into the stock work zone of the twenty thousand meters. How much is going to go into D, and how much is going to? I mean, have you got kind of rough allocations? Is it? Um, I, I I know I know that the things change. It's a it's a dynamic plan, but yeah, do you, you must start off with a, a concept of of where you're going to be allocating things. Yeah, so I would say that we've also got one other target that we're going to be drilling this year. So at the Scotty Gold Mine itself, we did a geophysical survey over that last year and came away with a new target on the Scotty Gold Mine. So it's a buried target. It was a good plate conductor model identified from some EM that we ran. So both surf we combined an EM at surface, HGLEM uh, surface grid and a downhole EM, borehole EM survey. So we combined those and reprocessed it. And we came up with a new plate model target that's buried that we can't identify at surface. So we'll be drilling that as well. Um, it looks quite strong for being so proximal to the Scotty gold mine. So we've got a few ancillary targets, as I would I would say. So D zone, stock work, and then Scotty gold mine. I'd say those would constitute about fifteen percent of our drill budget uh, as a whole. So you're about three thousand meters between those three targets, um, and then the rest of the the exploration will be focused on blueberry, including that southern extension. We're going to fill in some big pockets in the, in the data set that we have now. Um, you know. When we extended it further to the south this year, when we doubled the strike length, there was a there's a a good 300 meter section that we have no no data for yet because it's under the lake bed and we didn't know the mineralization continued. So that's a an obvious target for us. That's that's where the the meters are going to go. So 85 percent are going to go into expanding blueberry in a variety of different directions, and the rest will be used on this and these ancillary targets that we keep working out. And uh, what do you think that kind of the deepest hole will be? I mean, because you've already down at 400 meters. Yeah, is there much sense in taking it? To the depths of the earth? But n no. I mean, this is something we talk to a lot of people about. Um, the mid-tiers were, were another group. Like, what are you interested in seeing here? After about 500 meters, people start losing losing the value of what it costs to drill these. Um, meaning that, you know, it'd be nice to show that it goes down to 500 meters and the grade continues. You don't need to drill a lot of holes there. It's just kind of the hope that mineralization keeps going. But people are really interested in the first 400 meters for both open pit and underground initial once you get deeper than 500 the drill costs go quite a bit up for individual pierce points um to hit on this structure okay so that that gives me an indication that you you might do a couple of deeper holes just to show the 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 system continues but yeah essentially you're going to be focusing on filling in uh ideally along strike and then a little bit uh, where you can, where you get the uh, the right indicators, you know, the right zones. You'll be taking those bits down towards 400 meters. Yes. And again, 
presumably you're still talking about envelope um, definition rather than uh, resource drilling. So the, 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 the step outs are likely to be quite large, 50, 80, 100 meters. Is that what you're looking at? Yes, 60 to 120 meters is kind of our kind of our, our main zone that we're targeting step outs on. Good, right. So um, have you got the geologists um, that you need for this? Have you got them all the money that you need? We've got all our geologists. We've got a lot of returning folk that are coming back for another great season up north. Um, we've got almost enough money. We need a little bit more. Uh, we've got, you know, I think our budget is about 8.5 and we've got 7.8 in the bank right now. So we need a little top up here before we get going, but we're well set up to to run the program that we need to run at this point. Yeah, we're, we're looking at three. Are you going to top up before you get going or are you going to just um, get cracking and see how far you go? And get some good results out. Still, that that decision is still being made. Um, we because we don't feel like we're any under pressure here. We, you know, this program, what we have designed now, we're going to go well into September. So we'll start drilling mid June and we'll go into September. So we've got a bit of a window here in which we can make sure that we're we're raising at the best value that we can. Sorry, and you were just saying that uh, you had three rigs. Yeah, so we'll start off with three skid rigs, probably mid to late June, and those. Three rigs will operate all summer. We'll at some point we'll transition one to a helicopter uh, rig and drill those other targets that we were talking about, and then it goes back to being a skid rig for the rest of the season. We we also had quite a bit of success with the the horizontal loop EM on the ground last year, identifying these cross structures. Um, the you know the last last the furthest south hole that we drilled uh, was based off a geophysical target, and that hit seven grams over six meters, or vice versa. Um, that was a pretty big success for us. We've got a, we're going to do an AGLEM grid over the stock work area this summer as well to identify if there's any other targets. Now that we identified that Corteza zone with the uh, the higher grade mineralization at the stock work area, we're a little bit more intrigued about what other potential lies kind of buried there. Sorry, I was trying to understand what AGLEM stands for. Oh, horizontal loop EM. Oh, horizontal H. Um, and then, sorry, where did you say you were going to be doing that? Uh, the stock work area. Yeah. Before it was kind of a disseminated, it, it looks like it's a porphyry style target, but obviously it's got some high grade shoots in there. So understanding what's causing those and how do we, how do we target more of them? Good. Well, it's, um, it's a really relatively simple story. I mean, you've got the, you found something, you've just got to hunt it down or kind of chase it down. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a very busy season for the area this year. Um, you got a new player in the area called gold storm. So that was a spin out from Tudor. We'll be working in the area as well, just to the North of us. And Ascot's pushing ahead with uh, their mill construction. They're hoping to be producing late this year or early next year. So the Stewart area is going to be a, a bustling metropolis relative to years gone by. And um, what's what's kind of cost pressure like? What what are you seeing in terms of your budgets for what you can do this year relative to what you could do last year? I mean, it's still kind of working out the kinks with everything there. I mean, I think where standard inflation is kind of everybody's applying that to across the board. There's no, nothing that's really kind of prominent in terms of uh, major uh, cost increases because there's a lot of junior mining companies that aren't raising money right now. The, the well-advanced the well advanced projects are seeming to do well, but there's a lot of smaller juniors that aren't doing anything. And so there's a lot of capacity in the industry uh, because those projects aren't going ahead at this point, it seems. I see that. I see that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's still really tough to raise capital and um in fact just uh, i've mentioned it many times before but when i was at pdac um the key thematic was uh how cash starved 
the juniors were and, and how great the uncertainty was about their, their future funding um, yeah. scenario. Good. So if you get started in your drilling in um, mid-June yep. and you get your first holes completed in early July, what's the turnaround time typically that you, you're seeing? Um, um, d- d- don't sugarcoat it. Just kind of, you know, sure. is it, is so, it two, two or three months? No, no, not for us. I mean, we've always been able to put out news within four to six weeks after kind of we get the the first drill results. And the, the advantage we have is the last few years we've used an SGS prep lab up at site. So SGS operates a, a prep lab out of the warehouse we can we run in Stewart. And so we're kind of we bypass part of the the stream there using that mechanism. And so we're getting results back in three to four weeks uh from when we submit the the core at the start of the season. Generally slows down as the season goes as they become overwhelmed by other projects. Um, but so we're usually able to put out news within six weeks of uh, receiving the first drill holes back from ourselves. Probably like mid-August, we're generally putting out news. People say that uh, no one cares about news in August, but I disagree. I think if you've got news, you've, got to, you've still got to put it out. Yeah. I think there are, um, in this modern world, I, th- I still think it's it's worth putting it out. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we want to start our news flow as soon as we can and just kind of keep it going. We also like having those results back as soon as we can because when because we're still drilling in mid-August so then we're able to keep drilling off of those results it's kind of like a, a two-field season for us because we are those are feedback those are providing feedback into our model and so we're able to drill off those results on that how much how much kind of visual uh, certainty do you get you know uh, how key do you, and, and and I know you always have to rely on assay results and I know that gold is is, is a strange thing but um do you get do you get lots of visual clues and when you're in the zone we do. And I think there's these nice sulfide veins that we cross on the way to the contact zone. Um, if we hit those sulfide veins at the contact zone, that's almost a sure bet that we've hit something great. The, what, deter- what the challenge is, is determining whether it's five grams a ton or a hundred grams a ton. That that remains to be unseen or remains to be seen unless we get visible gold in it. And we only have visible gold in like the, the most northern eighth of the blueberry contact zone that we've identified. Um, everywhere else, there's no visible gold, and we'll get those bonanza grades, but the, the VG isn't there to tell us how good it is. Generally, we know what's good. We just don't know how good it is when we're in the zone. It, I mean, it, it, seriously, I mean, I, I'm not being facetious. It's you know, if you if you know that you're you're likely to get around five grams a ton at a minimum, um, yeah. it, it it helps you plan your next drill hole. You say, right, well, we're, we've got this thickness and um, it's looking good, and therefore we'll we'll do another step out. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's, we have a large idea of control on when we step out that we've hit it on the previous hole and that we're going to go ahead with the next hole. Uh, but when those first assays come back, they really go, okay, well, this hill was even better than you thought. Let's drill another couple off of that instead of just the one that you were planning before. And Thomas, thank you so much for your time. Um, good luck with the program today and um, onwards and upwards. All right. Thanks, Marlon.